What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. We have a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack today as we begin a new week. Happy 4th of July weekend. Hope everyone had a good one. Uh, some people have an extended weekend for that, so if you do hope you are enjoying that. So we will go into, you know, kind of what was all announced yesterday. We had the All-Star rosters released. That's always a fun time when you, you know, hear of everyone who made it, and you get to sort of celebrate, especially if you have multiple players from your team. But we'll just kind of go down the roster. So we already know the starters. So we'll just we'll talk about the reserves. So, oh, and the starting pitchers, of course. So we are going to start in the American League. First of all, Shohei Otani was elected as a pitcher slash designated hitter to the All-Star team as well. So first he was the designated hitter now he's in as a pitcher so that's that's pretty cool that's pretty cool but um reserves at catcher is going to be Zunino second Mike Zunino second is going to be Jose Altuve shortstop Bo Bichette and Carlos Correa first base Matt Olson third base Jose Ramirez first base Jared Walsh outfield Michael Brantley Joey Gallo Adolis Garcia and Cedric Mullins DH JD Martinez and Nelson Cruz. So they're carrying, well, yeah, they're carrying two reserve DHs because Otani is a starting DH and then two extra DHs for the American League. And then starting pitchers for the American League are going to be Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, Nathan Evaldi, Kyle Gibson, Yusei Kikuchi, Lance Lynn, and Carlos Rodon. Then relievers for the American League will be Matt Barnes, Aroldis Chapman, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto. If we head to the National League reserves, at catcher, it's going to be JT Ramuto. At second base, Ozzy Albies and Jake Cronenworth. Third base, Chris Bryant and Eduardo Escobar. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford. First base, Max Muncy. Short, Trey Turner. Outfield, Mookie Betts, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and Chris Taylor. Starting pitchers for the National League will be... Corbin Burns, Hugh Darvish, Jacob deGrom, Kevin Gosman, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers, Zach Wheeler, and Brandon Woodruff. And relievers for the National League will be Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell, Mark Melanson, and Alex Reyes. A good crop of guys there. A good crop of guys, obviously. So the reserves and pitchers, you know, it's not like, you know, the starters where you know, that's going to be the fan vote. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So the starters are selected by the fans, but the reserves and pitchers, it's a group effort between the player ballot and the commissioner's office. And actually managers no longer have any say in the all-star selections that changed in 2017. So that's so that there would no longer be any potential for perceived conflicts of interest. Um, yeah. You don't want to vote for a guy who's in your, who's a rival, you know, he's in your division and you don't want him to make it, you want your guys to make it, things like that. So now it's just the players, they vote for All-Stars and the commissioner's office as well. So, yeah, that's that's how we had that. Um, they are responsible, they mean the commissioner's office, are responsible for selecting eight National League players, which is four pitchers and four position players, and six American League players, four pitchers and two position players. Uh, that's because, obviously, the American League has designated hitters 
we know that every single team is represented. Every team must have at least one representative in the All-Star game. So, you know, we're seeing that as well. So what team has the most All-Stars? Well, that is the Boston Red Sox. They have five All-Stars this year. That leads the major leagues. Obviously, the two starters, Devers and Bogarts, but then they got J.D. Martinez, Matt Barnes, and Nathan Evaldi coming in behind them. The last time the Red Sox had five All-Stars was 2018. That was a good year for Boston, obviously. And they had five in J.D., Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, Mitch Moreland, and Craig Kimbrell. So, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, it's going to be a fun All-Star game. It's going to be a fun All-Star game. You know, I'm happy to see my guy Cedric Mullins get in there. Happy to see Ozzy Albies get in there. A lot of guys who, who have been good of late or have been good all year, really, um, getting, their, getting their respect, getting their due uh, accolade get to get into the All-Star game. I mean, it's a bummer someone like Kyle Schwarber just went down, and now he's going to be hurt. So, you know, he'll, he'll need to be replaced on that roster. Um, if he hasn't already, honestly, because I'm seeing, yeah, they may have already replaced them. I think that's what it was. That's why they, you see five outfielders listed for for the National League, I think, because you see Chris Taylor on there. No offense to Chris Taylor, but I feel like that. I haven't double-checked this, but I feel like that's because he's an injury repla- replacement for Kyle Schwarber. So it's, it's going to be a fun weekend in Denver, Colorado, I guess, uh, coming up, I think it's next weekend, next weekend, so... That's gonna be pretty cool. So that that is where where we see, um, that, that's where we stand with the All Star rosters. Uh, next up is gonna be obviously All Star Weekend and the draft, which is actually you know done in tandem with All Star Weekend for the first time. So yeah, that's gonna be cool. That's gonna be cool. So speaking of Shohei Otani, you know, making uh, history, becoming you know an All Star like on, on both sides of the ball, pitching and hitting and whatever, he hit. His 31st home run of the year yesterday. That ties the record for homers in a season by a Japanese-born player joining Hideki Matsui. Hideki Matsui hit 31 homers in 162 games in 2004. Otani just hit his 31st home run in his 78th game. So, obviously, you know, if Otani stays healthy, you're going to see him break this record very soon. He could do it. Heck, he could do it tonight. I, I, I don't know. This dude is is absurd. He's insanely good. His power is off the charts. It's going to be great to see him in the Home Run Derby. Moving on to other action we saw yesterday. So the Yankees and Mets played a Subway Series, and they split this doubleheader. It was the Mets winning the first game. But, you know, obviously there have been a lot of, uh, uh, there have been a lot of words stirring around this Yankees team, like, oh, they need to win now, they need to win now. Well, they had a meltdown in game one of that doubleheader. Um Rolls Chapman blew a save. It was just not, it definitely wasn't what they wanted to see. Uh, it definitely wasn't what they wanted to see. Uh, he blew a save opportunity, and the Mets actually batted around for six six runs in the seventh inning because it was a seven-inning game. But in game two, the Yankees bounced back, and Gio Urshela hit an opposite field three-run homer off of Corey Oswalt, and that provided most of their offensive production. And then, you know, they had a strong spot start by Nestor Cortez Jr. for the Yankees. And then coming in at the end, Chad Green, this dude threw three flawless innings, and he had a six-punch-out save. Actually, he had an immaculate inning to end the game. So nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts to end the game in the seventh inning for Chad Green. That's exactly what the Yankees needed to see. That's exactly what they needed to see from this guy. I mean, they will take wins as they can come at this point, but, you know, it's 
we're, we're, we're just at, you know, around the halfway part of the season or a game past that. And the Yankees need wins however they can get it. They don't care who, if it's Chad Green. They don't care if it's, if it's whoever. But whatever they can do to get a win is what, what, what needs to happen in New York. Uh, five and a half games back of the wild card. They're three and seven in their last ten games. So it's it's just not a not a fun time in the Bronx right now. Not a fun time in the Bronx. So they, they start a series at Seattle tomorrow, and they'll look to get back on track there. But one game above 500 with a couple weeks until the All-Star break, it's going to be kind of make or break for the New York Yankees. So there was a fun walk-off. So Max Fried had a walk-off RBI single. He was pinch-hitting. So why was the pitcher... Pinch hitting in the 10th inning to deliver a game-winning RBI single. I mean, that's got to be the at-bat of his life, obviously. But, um, I mean, the Braves had depleted their bench. They had a four-run ninth-inning rally. And because their bench was empty, they turned to Max Fried. And this dude provided one of the wildest victories of the season. A two-out pinch hit single, which concluded a wacky 8-7 to win in 10 innings for the Braves over the Marlins yesterday afternoon in Atlanta. And... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he entered, Freed entered yesterday hitting 189, I mean, over his four-year career. I mean, that's that's actually pretty good for a pitcher, right? I mean, it's those numbers are kind of deceiving considered he, considering he was two, hitting 263 uh, last year, last year. So, yeah, I mean, his numbers are at least better than those of their backup catcher, Kevin Smith, no offense. But Max Free can hit a little bit, and he did that with a with a walk-off single. So he's actually now two for five as a pinch hitter. His first pinch hit came back in 2019. But, yeah, they know that they have a pitcher off the bench who can hit a little bit, and that's what he did. And that's that's awesome for Max Free. You know, when you get up there, you know you have nothing to lose. There's really no pressure on you because, you know, you're a pitcher. No one expects you to hit the ball. But when you can deliver a win for your ball club like that, that's huge. That's huge. So Braves get a win over the Marlins 8-7. to seven. And you can see the confidence building for Atlanta now. You can see the confidence building for Atlanta. I mean, obviously, they're in a division where, you know, the, the Mets are kind of pacing things right now. Um, three and a half games. The, the, the Atlanta Braves are three and a half games behind the Mets, but that's not that much when you think of it. But the Braves are six and four in their last ten. And they can get, on a, get, get some momentum and kind of get on a roll here. I mean, their division is somewhat weak. They're a game below 500, but you don't really look at that. Just look in the standings. Three and a half behind the division leader, and, and you could definitely be on top of the division with a nice streak here. What about the Houston Astros? So they, they just continue to win. They just got a nice sweep right now. They have won four in a row. They are now going to take on Oakland. That's going to be a big series starting tomorrow, though. Taking on the Oakland Athletics starting tomorrow. Keep an eye on that. The Milwaukee Brewers finally lost a game. They had an 11-game win streak, but it was snapped. They finally lost a game, but they're still sitting pretty atop that NL Central. So that's going to be it, folks. That's what we're going to cover today. That's going to be it. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.